I'm so thankful to be here this evening with you. If you want to take your Bibles and open up to uh, Joshua chapter 24, we'll spend the majority of our time there in that text uh, looking at that. But thank you to the elders and thank you to Cody for the invitation coming here and being with you. It has been a wonderful uh, weekend and we appreciate uh, everybody that's made it a part. Perhaps you've heard the story of the uh, young man who uh, was a young child, I guess. He was uh, about six years old and he was sitting in worship with his dad and with his mom and Uh, The preacher was preaching a lesson on the home. He was talking about uh, Christian homes and about the way that God would have the home to be ordered. And the dad just happened to look down at this young child and and noticed that the young child was sitting up and paying rapt attention to the preacher. And as he was listening to the preacher, the dad could see that the child was getting more and more upset as the the preacher continued talking about the home. And it is that uh, they knew that the child liked to run around at the uh, end of the services like most kids do, but he just went and he got in the car and Whenever the dad and mom got in the car with this little boy, uh, he was sitting in the back seat and tears were just welling up in his eyes. And the dad said, well, son, what's wrong? And he said, dad, the preacher said that we need to be raised in Christian homes, but I want to stay with (laughs) y'all. If you haven't heard anything this weekend that's caused you to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. If you haven't heard anything this evening that's, or this weekend that's caused you to say, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, then respectfully I say you haven't been paying attention. There is something for everybody to listen to and to realize that when it comes to the home as God would have it, we all fall short. The Bible says very clear about that, that we all fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3, chapter 3 and verse 10. And when it comes to the home, what God wants more than anything else is that we understand that he has ordered the home. And that he is the director of the home. And in fact, he is the author and the the creator of the home. And our lesson this evening is kind of a capstone, if you will, to everything else that's been said. I know that there are others that have said it more eloquently and uh, more, uh, more thoughtfully than, than what it is that you're going to hear this evening. But what I want you to realize is two things as we consider our points for this evening. Number one, what ought to be on our radar is Judges chapter 2 and verse 10 is a distinct possibility. Flip over just a page from Joshua 24 and look at what it says there, Judges chapter 2 and verse 10. In speaking conclusively of the death of Joshua, it says, now when that generation had been gathered to their fathers, there arose after them a generation who did not know the Lord, nor the good that he had done towards Israel. Brothers and sisters, we are one generation away from apostasy. And if it is that we look at our families and we say our priorities and our responsibilities are not what they ought to be, then there is a very real danger that Judges chapter 2 and verse 10 could come true whenever it comes to our family and our children and our grandchildren. I don't want that to happen. I think about that all the time whenever I look at my sweet little children and I think the possibility is there that if it is that they don't make the God of Israel, the God of Isaac and Jacob and, and Abraham and, and the God that, that, uh, that sent Jesus Christ, if they don't choose to understand who He is and they don't have a relationship with Him, well, we cast away what's not important to us. We put that away and I want them to see how important the Lord is to me and I want the Lord to be important to them. 
Judges chapter 2, verse 10 is a very real possibility. The second major point of this lesson is helping them to understand that is we've got to understand exactly what is meant there in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Note that this is at the conclusion of a 24-chapter book. Joshua is the book of conquest, and you can take a ruler and divide it right down the middle. Chapters 1 through 12 deal with the how of the conquest. About all the time from the death of Moses in Joshua chapter 1, all the way until it is that the land was decidedly theirs. Chapters 13 through 22 is all about the division of the land. There is a matter of of misunderstanding with regard to an altar that those who are on the other side of the Jordan build. But primarily you have the logistics and the legal side of it about where the territories are and where the boundaries are in chapters 13 through 22. Joshua chapter 23 opens and you'll note that it says that the people had been living in the land a long time. And Joshua is old, and it's, he's about to die at this occasion, but in chapter 23 and 24 is his farewell address, so to speak. And Joshua, in this occasion, recounts the entire history of Israel and visits about what, uh, what it is that God has done for them. And he uses the name of the Lord a number of times throughout this to remind them of this. But as with the conclusion of all good sermons all good speeches, there is a decision point that has to be made. There's not Joshua saying, all right, this is what the Lord has done. Remember how he brought you out of Egypt and remember how he brought you through the wilderness and remember how it was that he caused you to conquer all these lands and all these cities. All right, everybody go to your house. There is a decision point to the point where he comes to them and says, I want you to make a decision today about who it is that you're going to serve. I want you to decide right now about serving the Lord. Because Judges chapter 2, verse 10 is a very distinct possibility. And the best hope, the best chance we have, the best opportunity we have is to make this decision right now and to understand what it means to serve the Lord. I know it's been a long weekend. I know that you are mentally and physically fatigued. And I also know that that barbecue is sitting heaven in your stomach like it is in mine. So I'm going to work to be brief this evening. God, y'all forgive me if I'm not. Five points as to what this means here in Joshua 24 and verse 15. About what it means to serve the Lord. Number one, here's a word, thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness. It's an opportunity for us to take spiritual inventory. Note how Joshua begins, Joshua 24 and verse 15, if it seems evil to you. And in Joshua saying this, he's saying, you're now living in these cities that you didn't build. Large, expansive cities like about in Joshua chapter, or excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And you're now living in these houses that you didn't build. Houses that are full with all these good things. I want you to think about what God has done for you. I want you to think about that and say, is that evil? Has God done you evil? Has God taken advantage of you in some way? Has God misled you or misrepresented himself in some way? Does it seem evil for you to make a choice to serve the Lord? Is that really where you want to go? And I can imagine those elders and those people that are gathered there on this this occasion 
I wonder how this happened, don't you? About how it is that they went into their cities and how it was that they chose what houses they were going to live in. The occupants were no longer there. And maybe it was you had had your house picked out there in the land of, say, Naphtali. And as you're looking at your house and saying, that's where I want to live, you go in and you begin to look and take inventory of all the things that are there that you didn't provide for yourself. And you go out back and you see that vineyard that's there in the backyard. And you go out and find that well that you can draw water from at any time. And Joshua looking at this and saying, I want you to consider, is what God has done for you evil? Take spiritual inventory. Where are you? Brothers and sisters, we can ask the same question. Where are you? Taking spiritual inventory of your life and looking at all the things that God has done for you and all the ways that he's blessed you up until this point, has God done you evil in some way? Has God mistreated you in any way? Do you feel let down or or unfulfilled by God if it is that you put your trust in him like these people had during the conquest? Take spiritual inventory. I want you to do this just for a moment. Imagine that you were to go into your house for the very first time. Like those children of Israel, there was a point at which they had picked out their uh, their house, their uh, whatever territory, whatever tribe that they were in, and they went into that house for the very first time and began to look at all of the things that those people that were now gone possessed, because those are now your possessions. And you look at the things that are around in your house, and the question is, Have you so ordered your home to where people can tell that your major decisions are revolving around serving the Lord? If you were to go in with fresh eyes and look at your house and look at your family and look at the way that your family interacted with one another and look at the way that you speak to your family, if you were to go into fresh eyes, what things would make the Lord really uncomfortable about living there in your house? Could somebody tell that you served the Lord? Could somebody tell that you had made that decision? You see, we all have the choice. But there are things in our houses that maybe don't necessarily belong or that can show us to be decidedly not convinced that the Lord is worth serving. More on that in just a moment. It's an opportunity for you to take spiritual inventory. Number two. I want you to realize that this is a matter of urgency. It's a matter of urgency. Choose this day whom you will serve. As you look at what it is that Joshua is encouraging these people to do, and saying that this is an urgent matter, this is something that needs to be taken care of today, concluding his sermon, saying goodbye to these people, he says, you make that choice this day. I don't want you to leave here this evening and think, well, I can, this is a decision that I can make till tomorrow. I can put off for me and my house. We'll, 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 we'll neglect this until tomorrow. We'll, we'll wait when, until it really matters. Folks, one of the things I've learned is the things that matter most sometimes don't clamor for your attention until it's too late. The things that matter most don't clamor for your attention until it's too late. The apostle said... Behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. But sometimes we want to be like Felix in Acts 24, verse 25. Depart from me, Paul, and when I have a more convenient time, I'll call for you. Lord, when I have a more convenient time, I'll go ahead and I'll serve you, but it's not convenient today. It's urgent. 
It's an urgent decision because we have people that are still walking away from the church. We have family members that are still turning and walking out the door and saying, you know what, that God that you've been serving, I don't want any part of him because I haven't seen that he's made a difference in your life and in my life. Urgency. How did people that made this confession on three different occasions here in this context, look at verse 18. People said, we will serve the Lord. Verse 20, we will serve, excuse me, verse 16, we will serve the Lord. Verse 18, we will serve the Lord. Verse 21, we will serve the Lord. Three times in this context, Joshua says, serve the Lord, make a choice. And they said, we're going to do it. And yet, they failed so miserably in the fact that the next generation arose and they didn't know the Lord. There's one word that I think about when I think about how that happened. How it is that you get such a triumphant book like the book of Joshua going to a, such a depressing, in a lot of cases, book like the book of Judges. And the word is neglect. The word is neglect. This urgent decision that these people made on this occasion wasn't an urgent decision to the point where their children felt like they needed to make that same decision. I wonder how slowly it happened. Can you imagine going into that Moabite house? And as you and your wife begin to clean out and change things around and to make it your own, houses full of all good things, that over here in this corner, there's a grove. And over here in the corner, there's this little silver, gold, wood, trinket, object. And your wife picks it up and looks at it and says, honey, what is this? Oh, I know what that is. That's one of the gods of the Moabites. Well, what are we going to do with it? Well, I don't know what we're going to do with it. It's, it, it's, it's nothing. You know that, that God is the only God. Well, yeah, I know that, but don't, don't you know it's silver? It's valuable. Well, I tell you what, we're going to do what we do in my house. Let's put it up in the attic. Let's not think about it for a while. Let's just let's set it out on the wood pile out in the back. What was it that God commanded for those people? He commanded them to erase every memory of what it was that those people had and what it was the gods that they served. Well, what happens a little bit later whenever it was that those people put down their swords and picked up their garden hose? What happened whenever it was that those Moabites were still living in that land or, or those, those uh, Amalekites were still living in that land and the people neglected their responsibility to the point where Junior brings home a nice Amalekite girl. Well, I know that she's not a child of Israel, but she's sweet. She's cute as a button. Well, I know they don't have the same values as we do, but, you know, it's okay. Junior knows what's right. We've trained him what's right. One of the condemnations of the book of Judges is that they gave their sons to the daughters of the people of that land. And they led them away to serve other gods. Neglect. Folks, when we talk about this being an urgent decision, this is something that's going to shape and affect the rest of everything we do. And the rest of the ways that we behave as God's people is to make the choice that we're going to serve the Lord. It's thoughtful, it's urgent. Number three, it's based upon God's blessings. It's based upon God's blessings. It's an opportunity for faith. When we say we're going to serve the Lord, we're making a choice 
that whatever the Lord says, we're going to continue to do. And we're going to continue to abide in that. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. And as these children of Israel... Every single time in the book of Joshua, every single time they acted in faith, they did what God told them to when it came to Jericho, and they won the victory. After a false start, if you will, they did what God told them to in Ai, and they conquered it. Hazor, all of those different lands and all of those different people... There was not a single one that was able to stand before them because they made the choice, we're going to follow God no matter what. They made that choice. And brothers and sisters, we need to make the choice that we're going to conduct our families and help them by faith to understand what it is that the Lord has done for us and that we're going to continue to follow Him by faith. It's based upon a knowledge of God's blessings. You know, Wade, a little while ago, spoke about ingratitude. About how it is that what led that prodigal away from his family and away from his household was ingratitude. And the older I get, the more I realize that count your many blessings is a song that each Christian needs to have in our minds and our hearts every single day of our lives. You know why? Because I find personally that I'm complaining too much. I find personally that I look at the things that I have and I look at the ways that things are and I just begin to complain about whatever it is that I feel like I need to. Part of that is us being Americans and living in a consumeristic society. We're taught that self is king and self is God. And if we're taught that, well, if something displeases me, well, then I feel like I need to vent about it on Facebook or I need to vent about it to my husband or to my wife in gratitude. When, when it, what we really need is to look at the blessings of God and say, how blessed I am. How wonderful He's been to me. How awesome it is to be a child of the Heavenly Father, the faith in Jesus Christ, and understanding that through the Gospel, He's enabled me to do that. Therefore, I'm going to serve Him because I know, I know He longs to bless me in my life. He longs to take care of me. And so as... The Lord commands me, I'm going to demonstrate my love by obeying him. John 14, verse 15. It's based upon the blessings of God. It's an opportunity for us to respond in faith and say, I'm not just serving the Lord with my lips. I put this on this doily kind of uh, uh, background. Because what's funny to me is you have Joshua 24, verse 15 on a lot of doorposts. And we've got it in our own house, you know, this, this little placard that's, that's right there when you come in the door. It's not cross-stitched like this is, but you understand that this is something easy to put on the cross-stitch. It's harder to live out, but it's no less necessary. It's based upon God's blessings. Number four, it's led by the stewards of the home. I'd originally had it's led by mom and dad. But I know that in the society that we live in, and I believe Brother Jones spoke on this earlier this weekend, that more and more you realize that there are single-parent households. And let me encourage you, single moms, single dads, singles all together, you may be looking at this and saying, I'm the only one in my household. Or I only get the kids on the weekend. Or whatever the case may be with regard to you, you can amend this to say, as for me, I will serve the Lord. I'm going to make the choice that 
I'm going to establish my values and my integrity, and I'm going to put the Lord first no matter if I have a spouse or not. And if it is that you are a single parent and you are continually dealing with the struggles that come with being a breadwinner and also a nurturer, God bless you. But you settle those convictions. You settle the fact that we are going to be a household that honors, that serves the Lord. And I, as a steward of a home, I'm going to do my best to raise these children. And every single time that the doors are open at the church building, that's where we're going to be. And those kids are going to understand the beauty of the Lord's church and how they provide for somebody like you. And church, that's what we need to do. That's the way we need to respond. And that's the way we need to help and encourage people like that. My mother is one of the strongest people I know. She took the heartbreak of two little boys and her own heartbreak. And I knew where my priorities lie. Every evening, she would open up the Edgar Myers Bible story book and read to these two boys and help us to understand we're going to serve the Lord. You make that choice. Mom, Dad, you have a responsibility to bring those children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 6. You have a responsibility to walk by faith. And can I help you understand something? When it is that you choose to lead your children and to be a household that honors the Lord, if you've never done that before, if you've never made that choice, make it tonight. Urgent. Point number two. We're going to make this choice and we're going to begin to enact things that are going to draw our family around our family mission statement, around who it is that we serve. I love the fact that there are companies that have mission statements. And I love companies like Southwest Airlines. How many of y'all have ever flown on Southwest Airlines? I watched a YouTube video a little while ago that was uh, this flight attendant that was doing the safety spiel, and he did it completely in the voice of Donald Duck. It was amazing. And I thought, you know, you would never find that on some other airline, but you go back to the mission statement of Southwest Airlines, you know what it says? It says, we're going to provide high customer service with warmth, with friendliness, and with the individual personalities of our staff. What we're talking about here tonight with regard to serving the Lord is not creating cookie-cutter Christians. It's not creating robots to, to follow blindly after the Lord. I will follow the Lord. I will follow the Lord. It's a matter of being in a place where we know who God is, where we know that we're going to strive to be His people, but then to let the individual personalities of those people flourish underneath that guidepost. And moms, dads, opening up your home and making spiritual choices is not going to be easy if you've never done it before. How about deciding, all right, kids, we're on our way to worship this morning. We're going to sing. Who's got a song? All right, dad's going to lead them, and what's going to happen is we're going to sing on the way to worship to help get us in the right mindset. Uncomfortable. If you've never done it before. Young people, we're going to have a family Bible time this evening. Dad's going to open up the scriptures, we're going to read it, then we're going to talk about it. First time we ever did that, it was super uncomfortable, just because I didn't know what to expect. And if you've never done it before, it's uncomfortable. I read an article recently about blessing our children about saying a blessing for our children. And I read the article and I thought, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea. And so what it was I did, and again, I'm not using my, myself as the hero of the story, but I'm showing 
that it was uncomfortable for me. As my children were laying there getting ready for bed, I went over to my oldest, and she's laying there, and Daddy's going to kiss her on the forehead. And I said, Audrey, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And she looked at me, and she like this. It was uncomfortable coming out of my mouth. It probably would have been far more comfortable singing it, except for the fact that whenever I got to the sevenfold amen, it would have really gotten uncomfortable. No, that's, that's beside the point. Did the same thing to my six-year-old son. Aaron, the Lord bless you and keep you. When I got to my middle daughter, Claire, I started saying, and the Lord bless you and keep you, and she looked at me and she rolled her eyes. <laughs> I thought I was not expecting that. But you know what? After two nights of that, my wife came out of Audrey's room and she said, Audrey was crying. And I said, why? And she said, well, I asked her. I said, were those happy tears or sad tears? She said, they were happy tears. And she said, what was, what was making you happy? She said, the, Daddy said, the Lord bless you and keep you. And she said, it made my heart happy. And after a week of doing that, again, my middle child, she rolled her eyes every single time. But after a week of that, before I did it, I said, Claire, do you want me to, do you want me to say a blessing for you? And she smiled. She went. I think about what's going to make an impact for my children. And we ought to think more about what's going to make an impact on our children. The things that, as Wade mentioned this afternoon, if it is that they ever wander away from the Lord and away from our house, what's going to make our house something that they miss? A place that they miss. And the more we order our lives around the Lord, and the more we order our service with sincerity, with love, with joy around what it is that he's done for us, the more it is we're going to realize that we're helping our children to have a faith that's not going to let them down. Last one this evening. We've talked about thoughtfulness. We've talked about urgency. We've talked about faith. We've talked about stewardship. This last one is focus. This is not a one-time account. This is not a one-time decision. This is a decision and this is an account that needs to be renewed. Bible would tell us in the New Testament that we renew our minds. We think about the Word of God and every morning we think about how it is that He's blessed us and how it is that He's taken care of us and said, this day I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be changed by His grace. I'm going to be transformed by His love for me. And every day I wake up, I'm going to think about how it is that I'm going to try and bless others the way that God has blessed me. That's something that's not a one-time, one-and-done confession. We sometimes think the biblical confession only occurs before it is that somebody is ready to be immersed into water. The confession that we witnessed Bailey make a little while ago, that she believes Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that's just the first of many, hopefully, that's just the first of many to where it is that she recognizes every single day, I am serving Jesus Christ. He's my king, and oh, I dearly love him. Every single decision I'm going to make, I'm going to make with him in mind. And as we think about how it is that we need to make that same kind of confession, 
we also need to understand that every day we have a new opportunity to say, we're going to serve God today. What's that look like? It's beautiful when it happens because when the family knows that this is our mission statement, we will serve the Lord, you can make that the basis for everything that happens in the home. Mike was talking about a little while ago, that child that talks back. And sometimes it is, you understand that the face of a child can say it all, especially the mouth part of the face. And as that child says those words and they come flying out of their mouth, you don't have to fly off the handle. You don't have to lose your cool. You don't have to respond in anger or or frustration and just say, what am I going to do with you? It's a matter of saying, listen, son, I love you. But in this house, our words are going to honor the Lord. You see, what you've said is very disrespectful to your mother, and I love you too much to let you talk to her like that because we serve the Lord. When it is that you have words that you say or actions that are ungodly or unholy, stopping and saying, wait a minute, what I just said, the way that I responded to you was not godly. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. We serve the Lord. Words that honor Christ and attitudes that honor Christ are what we're all about. When it is that you have, brothers and sisters, decisions that need to be made about where it is that we're going to be on Wednesday night and what it is that we're going to be doing on Sunday morning for Bible class, those things is saying, where would Jesus want us to be? Where does Jesus want us to be? How does he want us to behave? Where does he want us to more than any place else in the world? He wants us in Bible class. Is that also going to shape the things that you do on Saturday nights? And how late you stay up, young people? If you're going to serve the Lord, listen, I worked a night, almost nine years in San Marcos and understood that it's difficult sometimes for college kids to get them up on time. But if you make the choice and say, listen, I'm going to serve the Lord, what's going to happen is you're going to order your Saturday night around that to where you're not staying up three or four o'clock in the morning chatting with people that whenever it is that you ought to be getting a good night's rest because you've got a meeting and appointment with the Lord of hosts the next morning. Oh, how our families need to understand that our commitment to him changes everything as we order our lives around him and change our attitudes and our behaviors and shape them by his word and by his grace because he's been so good to us. Has it changed you? Has it changed me? At some point, those Israelites put down their swords that they were supposed to use to finish the job of eradicating the descendants or the people of the land. And they began to pick up distractions, other things, and it shaped their destiny. Today, we might talk about laying down our Bibles and picking up our sports, our distractions, our time wasters, when urgently what we need more than anything else are families that are committed wholeheartedly to serving the Lord. You might have heard the story of Babe Pinelli, who was an umpire, and Babe Pinelli was cool-headed, and he had just called Babe Ruth out on strikes. And as the crowd, 40,000 strong, began to boo Babe Pinelli for that call, 
Babe Ruth stood up from the batter's box and turned around to him and said, don't you know that there were 40,000 people in this, uh, this, this stadium that uh, knew that that last ball was a strike, you chowderhead? <laughs> well, Babe Ruth had kind of gained a reputation for, for his temper. But Babe Pinelli stopped and said, that may be, Babe, but my opinion is the only one that counts. Your family may be a lot of things. You may have a reputation for being a whole lot of things. But really, it's only what the Lord says that matters and that will matter in the long run. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that decision this evening? We've spent the entirety of the weekend talking about the home. Love that. There's going to be a couple more lessons tomorrow, and I hope it is that you'll, if you have the occasion, to be here to learn some more about it. But brothers and sisters, it demands a response. Who will you serve? Are you going to serve gods of this world? Things, activities, entertainment, occupations, whatever it is that may be distracting you and pulling you away, you need to renew that commitment As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you are a leader in your household, whether a father, whether a mother, whether a grandfather, grandmother, I don't know how it is that your house is structured. But if it is that you've never clearly communicated that to family, now is an opportunity to just get home this evening and say, listen, we need to have a family meeting. We're going to do the things and we're going to make the choices that honor our God because he's been so good to us. We're here as God's family. And if we can encourage you, if we can help you in renewing that commitment, if maybe you failed miserably in serving the Lord and realize that the things of this world have really distracted you from what's really important, if we can pray with you and pray for you, if we can encourage you, we would love to do that. Maybe there's a soul here this evening that, like our now dear sister Bailey, would love to obey the gospel at this time. We're going to open up for an invitation. God bless you. Let's stand and sing.